for the table, but you know, you don't always have to share <laughs> a side of our million dollar bacon, which is our wonderful bacon. There's a mixture of brown sugar, cayenne pepper. So it's like this sweet, spicy bacon that we drizzle with pure maple syrup. Pretty awesome. I'm Delia Pallone, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and Southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. What'd you eat for breakfast today? Did you even eat breakfast today? Get ready to make over your morning meal with pro tips from the popular Florida-based restaurant chain, First Watch. Thank you for eating up the latest episode of The Zest. WUSF Public Media also offers a delicious podcast focused on arts and culture in the Sunshine State. The Arts Access Florida podcast highlights arts and cultural organizations right here in Florida. Learn more about these unique institutions, how you can be a part of upcoming events, and so much more. For a culturally enriching experience, subscribe to the Arts Access Florida podcast wherever you listen to podcasts or visit artsaccessflorida.org. That's arts, A-X-I-S-F-L dot org. Thanks to our founding sponsor, Community Foundation Tampa Bay. If breakfast is the most important meal of the day, then that makes First Watch one of the most important restaurant chains in Florida. The Bradenton-based company has more than 430 restaurants in 28 states, and they're all open for breakfast and lunch only. Eleni Kuvatsos is Director of Communications for First Watch Restaurant Group. She's here with advice for how we can all step up our at-home breakfast game. I know I need it. And I had to ask her why First Watch doesn't serve dinner. It kind of goes back to the mid-1980s. So the first First Watch restaurant opened in Pacific Grove, California. So way out on the West Coast. And there were a few out there in the early mid-80s. And then Ken Pendry, who was our longtime CEO, he's still on our board of directors. He decided, you know what? I want to pick up my family, move to the Sun Coast, and raise them there. He loves to golf. That was one of the main motivators for him wanting to live in Sarasota. Um, some great opportunities for that here. So it all started with him just having visited Florida, loved it, loved Sarasota, Siesta Key, Tampa Bay. And we've kind of grown from there. And it's fun because you know this, living in the Tampa Bay area, we get a lot of snowbirds, a lot of tourists, and it's kind of rare to find that local homegrown Floridian around here these days. A lot of people here are transplants, but we get, you know, snowbirds are folks who live in Ohio or Kansas City half the year, and then they come down here to avoid the winters. And we have people who are regulars every single week at our restaurants up there from, call it, April to October, and then they come down here the rest of the year, and the staff here in downtown Sarasota, downtown Tampa, know them just as well because they're regulars here too. So I think it's mostly the people and the variety of people. Everyone here is just so receptive, and we've had some great success growing from here. That's so fun. Yeah, I was first introduced to First Watch in Ohio, where I'm from, and now I love that it's down here as well. How is it that someone could be a regular and eat at this restaurant over and over, year after year, and not get sick of the food? We're pretty unique in that we don't just have the same old menu all the time. 
So we have our core menu that is available throughout the year that has your staples, your pancakes, your waffles, your omelets, uh, sandwiches, and salads. But we have a seasonal menu program that blows the roof off any other brunch spot, in my humble opinion. (laughs) So it's not the same old thing because every 10 weeks, our corporate chef and our culinary team is experimenting and they're introducing a new seasonal menu that highlights fresh ingredients, whatever's in season, fresh juices. So there's always something new to try. Okay. Everybody wants to know, you guys are so popular. Why only serve breakfast and lunch? Why box yourself in like that? That's a great question too, but you know what? It feels like there are so many possibilities between seven and two 30. We've been working to perfect brunch, call it for almost 40 years. And with the seasonal menus, the new dishes we're constantly introducing, we've gotten really, really good at it. And to Moonlight as a dinner place, when there are so many other incredible dinner chefs, dinner restaurants around this area, I mean, they're great at it. We're great at this. And it works so well for us. And I mentioned that Ken Pendry had moved First Watch to Florida when he moved his family in the mid-80s. And part of the reason that Ken and John started First Watch in the first place was so they could play golf in the afternoon. So the whole premise was, you know, get up early, have some coffee, make a delicious breakfast, serve our community breakfast, brunch, lunch, and then go home, play golf, or pick up your kids from school or go to school at night. So that premise has evolved into something that really, especially in today's competitive labor market, helps us attract talent because there are so many people who love hospitality, want to work in hospitality, but they also want to pick up their kids from school and they want to coach soccer and they want to have their afternoons and evenings to spend with their family or to work on a hobby. So it works out well for us. It's a quality of life that's hard to find in this industry. I didn't really think about that. It's quality of life, not only for the people enjoying the food, but for the people making and serving the food. I'm glad you brought up sort of the importance of breakfast and lunch, because that's a meal that we kind of skip over. Okay, for example, today I was volunteering at my son's school. So I dropped off my kids, sat in the parking lot, ate some oatmeal out of a mug in my car, and that was my breakfast. And that's kind of sad. So do you feel like breakfast gets the attention and the respect that it deserves? We're getting there. You know, you always hear when I was growing up, at least I would always hear breakfast is the most important meal of the day. You know, make sure you eat something nutritious before you go to school. And there's truth to that in jumpstarting your metabolism and giving yourself energy to get through whatever you do with your life that day. And we actually we did a study recently, very informal, but Google search trends, you can plug in keywords and see how often people are searching them, how how that's changed over time. And so we plugged in from 2015 to today, how many people search for breakfast near me, lunch near me, dinner near me. And what you see with lunch and dinner, it's steadily gone up. People are searching for that. But what you see with breakfast is this incredible upward slope. And more and more people are actively seeking out opportunities to enjoy breakfast and brunch more than they ever had before. Huh. Why do you think that is? I like to think, well, you see this. Instagram era we live in, brunch has become this trendy thing. And it's not just on weekends where before, you know, Saturday, Sunday, you go get, you know, maybe a mimosa or two or bottomless with your friends, (laughs) you have a Bloody Mary, you kind of indulge on the weekend. 
But now, particularly the past couple years where a lot of people are working remotely, living in the suburbs, where a lot of first watch restaurants are in the suburbs, we're seeing people celebrate what we call the brunch occasion Monday through Friday, too. It's not just on the weekends. So I think people are are giving themselves permission to enjoy it. And it doesn't just have to be a special occasion kind of thing. I do want to get into your tips on how we can make everyday breakfast and lunch feel more like a special occasion. But I'm also curious, Mm -hmm. have breakfast habits changed? Do you see customers requesting different items or ordering different items more frequently? Does the way we eat breakfast and brunch change kind of throughout the years? Yes, I really believe that it has. And what we've seen is in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, breakfast was breakfast. It kind of just, it served its purpose and people moved on. They were making eggs and bacon or toast or a waffle, whatever. Now we've kind of, as brunch grew in popularity and it became this trendy thing, people were experimenting with what's the latest, coolest ingredient? How can we incorporate it? How can we serve it? How can I take a picture of it and Instagram it? So people have gotten more adventurous, I believe. And something that's been cool and benefits First Watch because we have been around for so long is we've developed relationships with our customers to where maybe when they first came in, they were ordering eggs, bacon, and toast. And then they see these seasonal menus come in. They see a server walk by with our kale tonic green juice, and they've seen it enough times. And they've built this trust with us over the years because they've always received this consistent experience that one day they decide, you know what, I'm going to try that, that thing that he just walked by with, that looked really good. And then they like it. And then they decide, you know what, that other thing with the green stuff on it, that looked really good too. I want to try that. And so with that longevity and those relationships, people are really getting comfortable being uncomfortable and trying those new things and branching out. What's something you tried recently that you maybe wouldn't have a few years ago? Oh, gosh. I remember when we first introduced our kale tonic, which is that green juice on our menu. I was never a green juice kind of gal. I would avoid it like the plague, not into green smoothies, not a big fan of kale. So I started working for First Watch. Shortly thereafter, we introduced this kale tonic. And my first thought is, who would order that? I think of only like, you know, the most strict nutritionist kind of person. And I'm, I'm not that (laughs) full transparency. So I had no desire to try it. And then people were saying, Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's so good. The reviews were coming in and they were fantastic. And I was like, there's gotta be like, how, what? It kind of messed with my head because I always thought green juice tastes like grass or kale or, you know, I was, I was picturing, you know, a dirt kind of taste, which sounds so (laughs) terrible, but I, always love to try our seasonal menu items. That was one of the first seasonal juices we'd ever introduced. And I tasted it. And now I have one at least once a week. And it doesn't taste like grass. (laughs) It's the most delightful. Uh, It's got kale, Fuji apples, English cucumber, and lemon. So you taste that sweetness from the apples, a little bit of citrus from the lemon, and you do still get kale. It tastes healthy, but it's got that sweetness natural sweetness that just, it does it for me. Nice. So I posted on Facebook that I would be speaking with you and ask my friends if they had any questions. And I can't remember when I've gotten such an energetic response. 
you guys have like like legions of fans and a lot of the questions well a lot of the questions first of all revolved around how do i make this or that and i said see the first watch cookbook which is available for purchase and you guys were kind enough to provide yeah. the avocado toast recipe so people can find that at thezestpodcast.com but i also got a lot of questions about the seasonal menu items that we talked about my friend lisa robbins asked when will they bring back the turkey bacon sandwich with the ranch dressing and it was so good <laughs> a lot of questions around that so what are the challenges of having a seasonal menu not only because of you know customers habits and they get used to expecting things on the menu but also in terms of our seasons in florida are flip-flopped from the seasons up north so what does a seasonal menu even mean there was a time several years ago where we tried very hard to source whatever local ingredients we could and there was there was value in that and people appreciated it and it supported the local economy now as we've grown and as time is, has gone on, we have an incredible corporate chef and his focus is really, we call it follow the sun as our food philosophy and our sourcing philosophy. And what that means is whatever is in season, not necessarily right here in Tampa Bay, although we're getting ready to uh, dive into some Florida strawberries, which I'm very excited about because that season is upon us. But, you know, it'll be summer sweet corn during the summer because, you know, you can't get that in January. It'll be uh, fresh watermelon, which actually we toured watermelon fields last summer as part of our watermelon wake-up seasonal juice and met some of those farmers, which was fantastic. But it's, it's less of a focus on local sourcing and more of what is in season, high quality, that we can make sure we can get to all of our restaurants now across 28 states and deliver that experience. And I will say there have been times where we were planning to offer a certain item last summer. And we realized when we started getting closer that we couldn't get a certain ingredient that met our quality standards at that scale. So we pulled back and we didn't even offer it. So it's okay. about whatever ingredient on a wide scale is in season and high quality enough for us to serve our customers. Because really, they've come to expect that from us. Yeah, because breakfast is probably the easiest meal to make yourself at home. And so the fact that people are so intentional about going out to first watch for breakfast means there must be something really extra special about the food. Now, I want to know, how can we recreate a little bit of this magic at home? I know you can't give us all the secrets, but like, I'm sure you've picked up some tips. And if you ever have friends over for brunch, it's probably... a a step above what people would get at my house. Do you have any general <laughs> guidelines for cooking breakfast or brunch? It could be for a group of people or even just for yourself. You mentioned our first watch cookbook earlier, which honestly, this sounds silly, but there's an egg cooking 101 section in that cookbook. And before I opened it, Every time I tried to make an over-easy, over-medium egg, I would break it. There would be yolk everywhere. It was just a big fail, no matter how many times I've tried. So learning how to poach, baste, scramble, fry, whatever kind of egg you want to cook, it, without fail, will make you an expert on that. So that's how you impress your guests when you have them over for brunch. But personally, especially a Florida-style brunch, there's something that I do that's very simple. So whenever I decide to make breakfast, whether it's bacon and eggs, French toast, pancakes, Anytime there's fresh produce available, 
I love to throw that in there. So Florida strawberry season we're getting into, I mentioned, pick up a container of Florida strawberries, throw that on the side. If I'm making bacon and eggs, throw them on top of my pancakes or my French toast. Florida orange juice, of course. But anytime you can incorporate fresh citrus, people eat with their eyes first, A. So the bright colors from those fresh local strawberries, or we do a Floridian French toast in the restaurant that has strawberries, banana, and kiwi. It's this feast for your eyes, and that kind of activates your taste buds, makes you hungrier. So I think incorporating fresh produce and learning how to cook eggs perfectly every time, your, your guests will love it. Yeah, breakfast really isn't that complicated. <laughs> are there any? It's not. Are there any menu items that would be particularly doable for those of us at home? I know it's not going to taste like the restaurant. You know, I am blown away by the simplicity and how fabulous our avocado toast is. And that sounds like the most simple thing you could possibly do. But you know what? If you have a thicker cut bread, so we use a, uh, we call it seedlicious. It's this whole grain thick cut artisan toast. So you can put heaps of avocados on there and it holds up well. But the avocado mash we use, we don't mash it the way you would like a pureed guacamole or anything. We make sure we keep those chunks in there. So mix it around. There's a little mush, but there are still definite chunks that you can get for that texture. We use extra virgin olive oil, mix it with some lemon juice, first watch seasoning, which is very simple. You could just use salt and pepper. And then don't be shy with the portion size. Put it on top of that thick cut toast. And then on top, we sprinkle Maldon sea salt. It's like a flake sea salt that adds the greatest texture. Text We're big on texture here. <laughs> and some lemon juice or lime juice, whatever you prefer. Make it to your liking, of course. And it's the simplest touches that make it so good. It is really good. That's the recipe that's on our website, thezestpodcast.com, which leads me to another question that I got from my friend, Nikkel Rogers-Wood. What was the inspiration for combining healthy local ingredients with the concept of a traditional breakfast? Really, how do they make our yummy breakfast faves in a more healthy way? And I think what she's getting at here is, I love this food. I want to eat more of it. How can I do that with out the guilt and with still being able to fit into my pants? <laughs> That's a great question. And I will, I will say, just to clarify, we have so many healthy items on our menu, but we also have several more indulgent items too. So we're not, we're not behaving all the time when it comes to, you know, following your new year's resolution. Okay. So, what are some, what um, are some of those, what are some of those more indulgent items? Cause now I'm curious. My favorite is our Floridian French toast. And it's so simple. I think this, this kind of uh, answers her question as well. People try to overcomplicate things, but you know what? The simplicity, when you can taste the flavors and the way that those flavors combine together, or there's a simple crunch with something soft or what have you, it's keep it simple and you'll be surprised at how great it is. But my favorite most indulgent item on the menu is our Floridian French toast. We do it with a thick brioche bread. So it's got this rich flavor and then topped with that fresh fruit I was talking about earlier that every time, if I want to be indulgent, that's what I'll order. And then always for the table, but you know, you don't always have to share a side of our million dollar bacon, which is our wonderful bacon. There's a mixture of brown sugar, cayenne pepper. So it's like this sweet, 
spicy bacon that we drizzle with uh, pure maple syrup. Pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I love how you did air quotes when you said for the table. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> You sound like a breakfast lover. I'm a breakfast lover. But for people who say, I don't have time to eat or I just don't have a big appetite in the morning, what are some quick, maybe grab-and-go options? One thing, because I didn't used to eat breakfast very often until I started working for First Watch and saw the light. (laughs) So I mentioned our kale tonic juice earlier. It's really important to get that nutrition in the morning. It's important to have something in your stomach to give you energy to have a successful day. But if you're not, you know, the kind to order a big omelet and side of bacon and toast and waffles, if you grab a fresh juice on your way out the door or swing by first watch, grab a kale tonic morning meditation, the nutrients in those juices, we're making them fresh every morning. There's not added sugar in those. So you're getting your kale, your apples, your cucumber, a hint of lemon, and it's, it's an energy boost without even having caffeine. So I'm a coffee lover myself too. So I grab a cup of coffee on my way out the door. But if you're looking for something that's a little more nutritious and something that'll make you feel a little more full than just your cup of coffee, a fresh juice is a great way to do it. Or I love our BLTE. It's technically on the lunch side of the menu, but I consider it a breakfast sandwich. It's got an over hard egg on it, that amazing thick cut artisan toast, plus your traditional BLT thrown on top of that. And it's easier because you don't have drippy egg yolk or what have you. It's just a great sandwich with a hint of breakfast. Ooh, B-L-T-E. Yeah, and the egg gives you that protein. I love that. I love a good breakfast sandwich. Well, you've given us so many great tips for elevating the food in our breakfast. And my last question actually comes from my colleague, Mark Hayes, who wants to know, who does your chalkboard art? And that makes me think a great meal is about more than just the food itself. So who does your chalkboard art? And I will add on to his question, what are some of the other non-food elements that can contribute to a great breakfast or brunch? Mark has a great question. And we've been talking about food a lot. But you know what? If you were to ask, Ken or anyone in our home office or on our leadership team, what makes First Watch so great? They wouldn't say the food, they would say the people. The chalkboard art in all of our restaurants across the country is done by our staff. So our servers, our hosts, our our cooks, our dishwashers, we've got a lot of talented people who, yes, are great at working in hospitality, but they're so dynamic and they have different passions and different talents. And in every market where First Watch operates, there is someone on our team who is artistic and is just so talented and creates that chalkboard art. It's more than the food. People eat with their eyes first. So if they see a picture of food on the table card when they sit down and it looks delicious, chances are they're probably going to order it. If they see a chalkboard with beautiful you know, yes, menu descriptions, but doodles of the fresh ingredients we get, or they see the produce truck pull up to the back of the restaurant, that invokes something in you that makes you want to eat. So it's such an experiential thing beyond the physical food in front of you. It's about the experience, the people who are surrounding you. And that's what makes First Watch great. It really is. And a menu makes anything feel like a special occasion. <laughs> I've done uh, menus for Christmas with my husband and kids. You know what I mean? Anytime you add a menu to something, it kind of elevates the whole experience. So that's another takeaway because we could easily all print out a menu or write one out. 
and it would just make everything extra special. Well, Eleni, it's been so great getting these tips from you and learning about First Watch. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention? I think, especially in the world we're living in now, people want to eat what they want, when they want it, where they want it. And so often when I tell folks I work at First Watch, they say, oh, yeah, it's always too busy. I try to get in, but, you know, I'm not going to wait that long or what have you. So people should know that, hey, you can make a delicious, healthy brunch at home easily. I trust you. Keep it simple. You can do it. But if you do want that experience in our restaurant, we have ways where you can join the wait list ahead of time. See how long the wait is. Join it from our website or the First Watch app. And you can also order online for not only takeout, but for delivery now through the First Watch website or app. So there are so many ways to treat yourself, take care of yourself, enjoy a hearty breakfast, brunch, or lunch without sitting in the front of a restaurant for an hour waiting for your table. So do whatever works for you, but we're here to serve the community. We love calling the Sun Coast home, and I'm just so grateful you had us on today. Oh, thank you so much. I'm hungry for breakfast all over again. I might need to do breakfast for dinner later tonight. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm coming over. That was Eleni Kuvatsos, Director of Communications for First Watch Restaurant Group. And if you're like me, this conversation made you pretty hungry. My stomach is literally rumbling right now. Great time to whip up some avocado toast from the First Watch Cookbook. You can find that recipe on our website, thezestpodcast.com. I'm Delia Colon. I produce The Zest with Andrew Lucas. This week, we had help from Chandler Balcom and Mark Hayes. Our intern is Hannah Abdel-Majid. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media, copyright 2022.